This is a Pele Media Podcast. Coming to you live from the Pele Media Studios in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, this is Undrafted with your hosts, Chris and Jamie. Welcome and good morning, everybody, to the Undrafted Podcast. This is Chris McMahon along with Scott Dice. Jamie Crane, our usual host, will be back with us next week and possibly during the week for a special little preview that we should be doing pretty soon. So we'll let everybody know pretty soon about the upcoming schedule for any football previews. But, Scott, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Chris. I, I'm, uh, things are pretty good down here in Corpus Christi. Uh, it's, it's hot, but... <laughs> But it's summertime. I know y'all are experiencing the heat up there. And well, you love you love heat. You're such an active person. <laughs> like to get out in the heat and move around, huh? Yeah, like to run run outside in 110 degree heat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, uh, a little something interesting happened this weekend. They had the first LSU football scrimmage. Yeah. And um, I know we wanted to talk a few things about that. But uh, what were your impressions? Well. Just, just in looking at the stats, I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's nothing really that stands out to me as stellar offensively. I mean, I, if you look at Danny Etling's just five of 11, 86 yards, it looks like they were trying to get some of the younger guys reps like Miles Brennan. He went one of four. Uh, Narcissi went one of two. Lindsey Scott one of two. Justin McMillan one of two. Um, but the one thing that stood out to me though was the was the running game and where this is going to come into play when we discuss the offensive line more is that Darius guys had seven carries and only 22 yards. So that offensive line must not have been opening up many holes for these guys. Yeah. Cause we know he's good. Yeah. So it's I, not I, him. It's definitely not him. That's, that's the, all the offense on the offensive line. Well, let me, let me tell you this. I have been saying since <laughs> all year that this offensive line is a major concern now. If you go on all the LSU, all the football uh, preview magazines, the offensive line is rated pretty high. Yeah. And what a lot of these magazines do to get their predictions, and some are better than others, is they check and see who's coming back from the year before. But yeah. then also they will look at overall stats. And LSU last year in their wins were very impressive in the offensive line. They had great numbers. They, I mean, outstanding numbers. But in the games they lost, I mean, they were stink bombs. I mean, they were festering corpse, you know, just festering corpses. They were feces lying on the ground in a hot day, meat left out in the sun. That's what they were when it came to going up against Alabama, Auburn, uh, Florida, yeah. and Wisconsin. They stunk it up. Yeah, they and did. they don't have any depth. And this is all Les Miles' fault because he recruited these guys. It was in and I, I blame uh I blame Grimes, the offensive line coach, a little bit too. Okay. But Miles recruited a bunch of unathletic run blocking offensive linemen. And uh, we've LSU's already lost to Huma, who was going to be a starter, who was right. a stud. But the guy was so dumb, 
I mean, he couldn't even sign his name on a test paper, much less get through summer school. Yeah. You know, his brother was kicked off the team uh, last year for multiple incidents. Yeah. Um, you've lost a couple of other guys. Then, on top of that, you have multiple offensive linemen that have missed time uh, because of injury. Now, right. uh, th this spring, now, hopefully they'll come back, but Malone, who's – I, I, you, everybody knows that I'm not a big fan of KJ Malone, but he's also, unfortunately, the best you have right now, and he's missed time at left tackle. So if he's the best you have, there's no telling Clap who and your backup is. Clap and Weatherspeed were out too. They didn't, they didn't play in this spring game. You had Clap, Weatherspeed, and Malone, but the th three right. starters didn't play. And Weatherspeed's a pretty solid guard, but I think he might be playing right tackle. But. Uh, Clap is, to me, your best offensive lineman. So hopefully you get those guys back. The only bright spot in that is that Ogeron did recruit three or four really good offensive linemen that are going to be studs in the next few years, yeah. but it just might take some time. So yeah. I, I am a little concerned about that, and we'll just have to see where that goes. Now, on the good news also is that Matt Canna, the offensive coordinator, doesn't rely – He's more of a of a motion guy, a finesse guy. So, okay, I I think that because of the type of offense that he runs, it might not be quite as bad as if this was a less miles offense where we relied on power. Okay, that's, so the misdirection and things like that, you know, athletic lineman and maybe even if guy's not that talented, he can at least get in the way, and he might be able to run plays that. Or away from the the weak link, you get it. Yeah, I get that, and it would it wouldn't expose the unathletic uh, guys, uh, right? And the guys that just don't have the the just the overall ability. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, he's a smart guy, but again, you know, I could be the smartest person in the world, know all the techniques, but it's still Chris McMahon out there playing offensive line. That's right. So, I mean, there's only so much you can do if you don't have the athletic ability to, to play the position. You can – I love when they say, well, he's always in the right spot. Yeah, but he's in the right spot getting pancaked. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, there's only so much you can do if you don't have the ability. But yeah. we'll have to just wait and see. I'm interested to see with quarterback, you know, okay. Danny Etling coming off of an injury, a back injury. Um, I, I, you know, and another thing that I, I'd like to advise, you can't always – pay attention to the stats in a scrimmage. Now, yeah. Ogeron somebody that's more honest, but Les Miles, every scrimmage used to be we had about 200 yards passing and 200 yards running. Well, we know that's BS. <laughs> so, But I, I think Ogeron's more of an, an honest person, so I would happen to believe it's probably true. Okay. But um, I, I'd be interested to see what Etling can do. Because uh, you know he's he's not a guy with a a powerful arm as it is, so um, and then and we'll see what Miles Brennan. You know Miles Brennan played against some really weak competition. He's a he's a highly rated quarterback, yeah. But he's not a guy that played against the great ones. So it, we'll just have to see. I've I have I've only seen highlights of the guy, and that's high school against bad competition. So we'll just have to wait and see. But a guy that I want you to look out for is Lindsey Scott. Okay. He's a guy that's probably 5'10", 5'11", 
He was only offered by LSU. Uh, he was originally co committed to Syracuse. He was only offered by LSU uh, a couple years ago when um, uh, Felipe Franks decided not to come. That's right. And um, he's probably the smartest quarterback. He's got uh, – he comes from a good lineage of football players. And he was the one wearing the headsets last year on the sideline. Okay. When he redshirted. He wow. had the headsets on. That's so, interesting. Just take a look. Nobody nobody thinks about him, but nobody works harder than that guy. So I'm telling you. He played exactly right. So he played some big 5A ball, right? I mean, he did. So, and, so his numbers were really, really good in high school. And that was against big competition in high school. It wasn't against, you know, like Class C schools or, you know, 1A or something like that. So, I mean, that's a, that's, that's a, uh, substantial and I and I never thought about that. Everybody's talking so much about Miles Brennan that you don't really. Uh, well, I mean, Lindsey Scott doesn't have the physical attributes. Okay. Um, but he probably has as good an arm as Miles Brennan. But I'm talking about he's just not tall. I and mean, yeah. a lot of these quarterbacks, they want guys that are six three. Yeah. You know, can see over the offensive line, and yeah. um, you you know, it's look at Drew Brees. I mean, the guys. Six right. foot tall in shoes, and look at what he's done. That's true. You know, so it, it, it's going to be interesting to see. Who gets see what that happens. number? Two? Who do you think gets the number two spot from what you're hearing in Baton Rouge? Um, I still think uh, it's going to start with. They'll start it off with McMillan. Okay. Just because he's been there longer, I think he'll have the first chance to screw up. But um. I gotta believe that Miles Brennan is gonna redshirt. Okay. And if anything, they might put in Scott in some packages, like to be like a running guy because he's real quick. Okay. So I'd like to see them get it, get him involved, but we'll see. I think Atling will get the first chance, but I'm not with the offensive line yeah. being uh, as underwhelming as it is, mm -hmm. and he's not. He's not a statue back there, but he's not very mobile. Yeah. I, I don't know if he can make it through the season. Yeah, if their offensive line is going to be that bad. And then I you're going to have to put somebody in there. huh? Yeah. I worry about his health with, you know, having a, a slight back injury and, you know, the chance to re-injure that if you're getting hit regularly because the offensive line is so atrocious. I mean, that could be a major concern throughout the year. And then, I mean, I, I'm looking at this, though, as a whole. And, and if you look at – the people that, I mean, LSU lost, they, they had 10 players in the offseason that left, and five of them were offensive linemen. So, that's, I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's insane. That's, that's nuts. <laughs> now, what's crazy, though, is that I was reading online, and people say, oh, that's the difference. Saban doesn't lose players. Alabama lost nine players. Yeah, you're right. And, but and an the difference is, yeah, the difference is that – they have a lot better depth yeah. than LSU has. And offensive line, it's not even it's not even close. Yeah. It's not even close to difference. So anyway, it's it's gonna be interesting to see. We're uh what is it? Uh we're on the seventh. Um what are we about three and no, a half weeks away? No, we're not far out from that BYU game. And uh, I don't know. Do you know much about BYU this year? I mean, are they? Is that is that a concerning game? Well, in here's the thing. Like, if I don't look at anything about mm -hmm. them, I know that BYU always is pretty good. They, yeah. uh, I remember they 
Two years ago, they had a really good season. They won the first two games of the year on Hail Marys. They won at Nebraska on a Hail Mary, and then they beat, I don't know, I think they beat Boise State um, uh, in the second game on another Hail Mary. But they're supposed to be pretty good. I think they'll be right outside the top 25. You know, looking at a couple articles, um, you see anything less than 10-3 and is a disappointment. Um, So they're, they're supposed to be pretty good. I mean, but I haven't I haven't d- dug deep into them, and we'll we'll do more of a preview as we get closer to that game. But it's one of those things; they're always pretty good. Okay. You know, and then like looking at looking at what they did last year, just real quick. Okay. While we're sitting here, let's see. So last year they were nine and four. Oh, yeah. So. Okay. You know, you look at, okay, last year they beat Arizona. They lost, listen to these games, these three games in a row that they lost. Mm-hmm. At Utah, who was very good, 20-19. to 19. UCLA, 17-14. Oh, wow. West Virginia, 35-32. to 32. Oh. Okay. Okay. Their only other loss last year, at Boise State, 28-27. to 27. Okay, so okay. This, this they, they lost, yeah. last year, they lost four games wow. by a combined eight points. Oh. Or they would have been undefeated. That's a competitive so, team. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to come out against LSU and come out flat. No, they they won at Michigan State last year, thirty-one to fourteen. They wow. beat Mississippi State. Yeah, okay. They, they beat Cincinnati. Uh, I mean, you look at, and they won against Arizona. I mean, this is a team that's, that's a legitimate football team, and. If this was less Miles coaching LSU going into this game, I'd be very concerned. Okay. Um, I still am concerned uh, because this is a new regime. This is this is not Coach Ogeron saving the day in the middle of the season. This is all right. He's the man. It's his off-season preparation, his recruiting, his fall practice. It's all on him and that staff. Fortunately. The staff is very good, but you still have the players that go have to go out and play the game. I know it's a cliche, but that's you know that's that's the way you look at it, you know. Yeah, it, it, and I tell you, and, and it pains me to say it, but if LSU finds a way to blow that first game and lose it, things could turn ugly. I mean, real ugly. Real. Oh, I'm telling you, I mean, real ugly, real quick. Um, <laughs> They come home and play Tennessee Chattanooga, who, by the way, mm-hmm. they'll beat, but has done some crazy things against. They have they run this um, like this old wishbone type uh, running attack, and yeah. they've run. You asked Nick Saban about Tennessee Chattanooga. They've they've given Alabama fits. Wow, a couple times. Um, but then you play at Mississippi State, and Jamie had had mentioned to me. Jamie Crane, our, our our fearless co-host that'll be back next week, he had mentioned to me, and it's a game I didn't even think about it, that game at Mississippi State, he predicted LSU to lose, and, and I started thinking about it. It's like, man, that is a night game in Starkville. Their SEC opener, they'll be 2-0. and That's a game that LSU could lose. And, man, you talk about crazy people, crazy yeah. fans. If LSU would start 1-2, and two, oh, oh buddy. <laughs> You talk about the sky falling. Yeah. It would be absolutely nuts. 
Yeah. So yeah. I'm looking. Um, It'd be ugly. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But um, okay, Scott. We had talked about uh, you had brought up um, uh, some discipline issues before, and Alabama uh, Nick Saban is not planning to suspend um, Deshaun Hand, defensive end for DUI arrest. But one thing I'm looking at this article: Why did he get a DUI? when he wasn't actually operating the vehicle or what I would say probably happened he was operating the vehicle and probably some cop said oh gosh this is our star defensive end we better not um we better not have him be operating the it's this is probably some kind of shady backwoods stuff what what do you think well I, I think when, when I see that he was asleep in the parking lot. The keys were in the ignition. Ah, okay. And so, okay, and he was passed out. You know, he's passed out at the wheel with the keys in the ignition. I mean, so he obviously pulled over probably because he, he knew he was drunk. Um, smart decision would have been to get in the get in the back seat, <laughs> probably and fall asleep if he needed to do that. Or he oh, the engine was running. Okay, oh, there you oh, go. If the engine was running. Then that's a that's legitimate. You know, he's yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. yeah, the engine was running. So that's they got him. And I guess the big thing here is is what Saban I think is showing is that he cares more about winning than he does about discipline of his players. Well, they don't get paid to discipline people; they get paid to win. Yeah, you that's know? true. Just, but I don't know how you don't suspend him for a game or something. You know why they're not going to suspend him for for a game? No. Because the first game is against Florida State. I promise yeah. you, if the first game was against Toledo. They would be suspending him. You're right. That, that's why they can't suspend him, and he's got the cops under his thumb. But you know what? He's like all the other coach, or most of the other coaches. That it's it's the same thing, you know. Um, but I love how it says the players says he the players say that he wasn't driving. Oh well, <laughs> if the player says he wasn't. Then there's no there's no question that there's no way they would lie about that. Yeah, of course not. But I don't know. Discipline, it's it's so difficult for these college coaches because, you know, they're paid millions of dollars to win the Ames. When they have to face an athletic director at the end of the year and get critiqued on their job, the the people that were suspended and weren't there and didn't play, they, they don't care. So it's a tough situation because I'm sure in a utopian society where everything was actually considered and everything was uh, sunshine, you yeah. know, then then they could do what they want as far as suspending people. It's like, oh well, you know, so and so didn't play because he was suspended. So that's the reason why we lost these two games. So you need to give me another year. Well, that's just not the way it works. That's true. So, uh, but now a guy like Saban, of course, could get away with that. They're, you know, they're not going to do anything. But it's a tough situation for so many of these coaches to be yeah. able to, to do that. Well, you know, if you, you look back over LSU's history with with uh, when Miles was coaching and and that year that they went undefeated, um, and you know, yet Jarrett Lee won those first eight games, uh, you know, as the starter. Um, because uh, the suspensions of Jordan Jefferson, right? I mean, and, and you would you would think that if that year, like, let's say that he, let's say that uh, you know, that suspension happened and LSU, you know, started losing, you know, losing because of that. 
I mean, everybody would be really ticked about that, but no one really minded because LSU was still winning. So you bring up a point. It's, it's that they are they're paid to win, you know, and uh, I mean, so that in that situation, the suspension didn't matter. But you're right. I mean, if if he suspends hand and then they play Florida State and they're lighting them up, on, you know, Florida State's offense is lighting them up. You're going to have, you know, people, you know, <laughs> just really ticked about that that he chose to chose to suspend him when there was such a big opening game. So, yeah, you, you have a valid point there. I'll tell you another guy that never used to discipline anybody is Bob Stoops. Yeah. And of course, we don't have to worry about him anymore. Right. Retired, but he was a guy. And then I'll tell you another one. Uh, Jamie's favorite man is uh, our our, uh, our boy in, at Ohio State. Urban Meyer. Yeah. He, yeah. And I know Jamie loves him, but he's the scum of the earth as far as I'm concerned. I can't stand him. He's a great coach. He's a great coach, but he's a despicable human being. Yeah, I do not. not you know, but discipline's an interesting thing, you know, and I didn't want to talk too much about it, but, you know, that's something that it's always going to be an issue when it comes to people with academics and it comes to people. These kids are always getting in trouble. You know, so many of them uh, – you know these young kids they've never been away from home and you put them in a situation where they're put up on pedestals and yeah. given money and given uh you know the leeway to do things and, and bad things can happen sometime that's true and i mean you have to look at it from the perspective that like you said they're kids they're college kids i mean how many just regular students make mistakes and you know of course you're not hearing about it in the news really because they're not playing football, <laughs> you know, so it's it's true. You're right. You're right. I mean, it's, exactly. But yes, yeah, Scott, uh, that's all we have for today. We're going to do another show this week. Uh, I know that me and you have some things going on today, so we'll have to cut this short. But um, we just wanted to touch base because we hadn't talked in a little while. Everybody's had crazy summer things going on between vacations and uh, medical things and people being busy with jobs it's been kind of crazy but i think everything's starting to get back to normal so we just wanted to kind of touch base on this scrimmage and briefly chat a little football a little bit about the things going on but we'll be back hopefully tomorrow or the next day we're going to start getting really in depth with the previews and we got to talk a little pro football also but scott Appreciate you for joining us. Yeah, great and, talking, uh, talking to you, Chris. Yeah, and uh, everybody will be back with Jamie either tomorrow or the next day, and then Scott probably next Monday, if not before. But we'll just stay tuned and, and make sure you go to Facebook to the Undrafted Podcast, and we'll have updates of when we'll release our next show and what we have coming up on uh, our platform of media, Pele Media and the Undrafted Podcast. Anyway, thanks, Scott, and we'll see everybody next time. Take care. Thanks for joining this week's episode of Undrafted. Got a message for the boys? Let your voice be heard by emailing them at undraftedcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show and have access to exclusive bonus content, then head over to patreon.com slash Media where for the low price of $1 a month, you can have access to bonus podcast episodes from Payway Media on a wide variety of pop culture topics, including new bonus weekly shows, as well as our entire back catalog. Join Chris and Jamie again next Monday for an all-new episode of Undrafted. Undrafted.